I'm back. The biggest scandal so far from the Biden administration hits. It's bigger than the Afghanistan scandal by a long shot. We're going to talk about it. Tony Fauci just won't go away. And Joe Biden's foreign policy is backfiring hours after he implements his policy. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Uh, well, Josie and I got back together again. Everything is fine. We're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, but, yeah, we just can't stay away from each other. So, I don't know if things are completely fixed. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, we have to deal with this problem later. But, whatever. We're dealing with it. And we'll move on from there. And we've moved. I, by, by the way, it's not like I have a problem with her. I really don't. It's, it has nothing to do with her. Other thing, I'm, I'm watching the uh, uh, Kachani, Katenchi, gall darn. Anyway, Brown Jackson's uh, confirmation hearings, it's really disgusting. It, first off, it's really boring because no one's accusing her of gang rape or anything like that. They're not accusing her of writing bad things in a yearbook. It really shows how bad the Democrats are. By the way, everyone's making a big deal that she was the first black woman uh, that's going to end up being a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, well, there was a black woman that was nominated, and the Democrats destroyed her back in 2000. I'd have to look up her name. But they destroyed her because she was a conservative. So she's not the first one, the black woman, to actually go through this, uh, go through this process. It's just she's the first black woman that the Democrats like. And we're, we're talking Democrats have been doing this forever. But the preening of the Democrats, um, also, it, it seems, I've, the preening of the Republicans, it's not helping. I would ask her about her judici judicial philosophy. I would ask her about what she thinks a judge is like in a constitutional republic that we are. I'd want to hear, is the Constitution a living document that can be changed at any time? What, what is it she thinks? I haven't heard that question yet. And that's disturbing to me. Because if she says, yes, and Biden said it, Biden said it's a living document. But if she said it was a living document, I'd say she can't be on the Supreme Court. Now, this whole thing with the living document thing really annoys me. Um, the Constitution can be changed through a constitutional amendment process, and it's been done 27 times. The first, I mean, the founding fathers changed the Constitution the second that it was ratified by going in there and adding the um, first 10 amendments. You know, right to free speech, right to own, a, own and bear arms, things like that. They did put in place a process to change the Constitution. Judges shouldn't be changing the Constitution or sitting back and interpreting it outside of the words, outside of the text. It's just wrong. And if you want it, for example, they say abortion is a constitutional right. No, it's not. It's not in the Constitution. There's not even an amendment about it. And... If anyone is taking 
Well, it says, or, 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 or rights of gays. They always point to the 14th Amendment, which is freedom of the slaves and you can't uh, prejudice against someone. No, that's not what it says. They were talking specifically about blacks. They weren't talking about gays. They weren't talking about transgender people. If you want to change the Constitution so you are talking about transgender people, you are talking about uh, gays, then put it in the Constitution. You want to add abortion to the Constitution, go ahead, roll the dice and put it into the Constitution. You can't just sit there and change the Constitution whenever a judge decides that the Constitution has been changed. And this is going to be a real, this is going to be a scary point because right now Clarence Thomas is in the hospital with flu-like symptoms. There's been no word on whether or not he has COVID and he's older. So this is kind of dangerous for him. But if if something, God forbid, something happens to Clarence Thomas, suddenly Biden's going to get another pick and then suddenly we basically got a split court. So, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I have read the Federalist Papers. I've read the Constitution. The Federalist Papers make it very clear. No, it's the word of the law. It's the letter of the law. That's where that comes from. What does the law say? Well, this broad has been changing the law, Katanji, uh, Katanji Brown. She's been changing the law her entire career, and that's one thing Republicans are pointing out. When someone sits back and gives, when the Congress or laws are made, that give a specified amount. Specifically here, they're talking about child pornography. She used to go, she used to sentence convicted child pornography, people with child pornography. She used to uh, actually give them, um, give them sentences less than the recommendation by Congress. She can't do that. You're making up the law now. She's not a legislature. You want to be a legislature? Go run for Congress. But she can't, as a judge, sit there and say, well, I'm just not going to listen to what the law says or read what the law says. This is a scary person to have. She's very personable. And she's... I, I don't think she's as intelligent as they make her out to be. She's definitely no Brett Kavanaugh or Neil Gorsuch or Amy Coney Barrett, which is what they're saying she is. She's far better than them. She didn't run any rape rings. Uh, she's hasn't killed anybody. I mean, that's about it. But she does not seem sharper. She seems like a Sotomayor type of judge, which, dumb. Dumber. She has to write everything down. Amy Coney Barrett and Kavanaugh didn't write anything down. They just sat there and answered the questions. But the preening of the Democrats is really, really, really disgusting. Okay, well, one of the reasons I, I decided to, to do the podcast today and, and kind of get back into the the podcast realm, like right after this, I've already got tomorrow set up. Um, the New York Times finally admitted what we already knew, and this is a scandal beyond scandals. This stuff is impeachable. Joe Biden could be in trouble. And... Well, he's probably not going to be in trouble because he doesn't seem to care. So remember in October 2020, the New York Post released an article that uh, was was from uh, Hunter Biden's three laptops that he dropped off at a that he dropped off at a computer repair shop and then never picked up. 
Well, the guys, of course, I'll give you the whole story here, but the guys, of course, they, they figured we'll just sell the laptops since they never picked up the laptops and we need to make money for repairing them. So they went through the computer's hard drives, basically so they could wipe them, and they found just about everything that could be wrong with an individual. They found pornography that involved Hunter Biden. They found that includes child pornography that involves Hunter Biden and possible child rape. Now I've seen a, I've seen a lot of those pictures. They're not they're not actually published in the United States. You have to go outside the country to to look at some of these pictures. They're pretty bad. The drug use, all these Hunter Biden must have filmed absolutely everything of his life because there were hundreds of hours of porn of him having sex of him using drugs i've seen a lot of it It, it's some pretty weird stuff but that wasn't the worst part especially for joe um emails dealing with businesses in ukraine and china were also included and so were the text messages with other associates that were dealing with biden with uh biden and uh with china and ukraine now the fbi was contacted the fbi didn't pick up the hard drives right away they didn't think it was that big of a deal so this guy ended up selling the hard drive or ended up giving the hard drives or selling them i don't know which to rudy giuliani Giuliani gave him the Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon just basically published them in uh, published them, I believe, in Israel. And now those those drives are out there. Everything's out there. Now the big problem is that Hunter Biden's emails and text messages. He referred several times to Joe Biden actually receiving money from Ukraine and China. And that wouldn't be a shocker because Joe Biden as vice president was in charge of Ukraine and he had he did things that would help Hunter Biden and his businesses. So these this is this is bad stuff. So the New York Post they wrote this, and by the way, New York Post is not like the Enquirer or anything. New York Post has been around for 150 years. It was started by, was it James Madison? I can't remember who started, but it was started by one of the founding fathers. And they posted this link to the story, and boom, the news and the media got the memo from, from the Biden campaign at the time. This came three weeks before the election. All links to the news stories were being censored by big tech. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, all banned posting of the story. All at the same time, by the way. You couldn't even message someone the story. The media said the story was nothing. It wasn't even worth it. It was, it's just a garbage story. And no one reported it. And then intelligence and justice departments 50 people who are listed by the way said it was a lie it was russian disinformation then the media just jumped on board of that because russia seems to be everything these days and they decided to call it russian disinformation well it worked the story was suppressed and now we look back 12 percent of voters said they wouldn't have voted for biden if they had known about about the story by the way 12 percent that's a lot 
that means there's a very good chance President Trump probably would be president right now. 50% of Democrats said they wouldn't have voted for Biden if they knew about the story. Everyone is wondering, everyone now is listening to this stuff and wondering how he owns two 6,000 plus square foot uh, mansions when he's been in politics for the last 50 years. Everyone is wondering why Joe Biden is worth between 10 and, and 20 million. And we don't know what he's worth because it's only what's reported. Now, question for you. Does it really sound like now that maybe the election was manipulated? Not by the Russians, not by Ukraine, not by China, but by the media? So the New York Times article basically is about the... Um, is about Hunter Biden's problems with tax, with taxes. He owed back taxes. And some dealings with Burisma in the Ukraine. That's the energy company he sat on the board for, even though he had absolutely no experience in energy. There was some talk about FARA violations, which is true. And they, they were talking about FARA violations over... Burisma. Well, here's the reality. He had fair violations with the Chinese. We're going to get into what uh, what the White House is going to say in a few minutes, but the article never touched on China issues. The reality is Hunter Biden made more money off China than he did off Ukraine. So I, I'm reading a book now called Red-Handed, by who let me see who who is it peter Schweltzer wrote it and they talk about this in pretty big de- pretty great detail as a matter of fact the hunter biden chapter is 30 is 40 50 pages long that's a quarter of the book and i know he's just touching but they're naming the actual chinese companies and their ties to the government because china is not an open is not an open economy they're a closed economy. And, and, and they talk about it. It's kind of like, um, can someone talk about that? Well, here's the thing. I think this is, this is going to be talked about. Now, this whole thing, the New York Times, they didn't flat out say, yeah, those laptops are real. They waited until paragraph 24 to mention they got it off of the laptops. So this, but this shows us a lot of things. I mean, they're still hiding. the The article is very long. Okay, there's a lot of word smithing in it, and it really didn't have to be that long. It could have been maybe a thousand words, maybe fifteen hundred words. Why did they make it so long? I mean, the thing's like four thousand words, five thousand words. They made it so long so they could bury that little f- nugget in the twenty fourth paragraph. If you read the first. Five paragraphs, you would think they were just talking about him having a couple of tax problems that he already fixed. And of course, they did make him look like he was a hero. He was really intelligent, and he went through a lot of things. They mentioned the death of his brother. Of course, they didn't mention the fact that he ended up sleeping with his brother's wife, right? They didn't mention anything about the gun problem that he had when his wife thought he was suicidal and threw the gun in a trash can across the street. They never talked about any of that because they need to make him into a hero. But this is a very, very important and very disturbing story. 
And it's big. I think this is big. It shows us that social media companies are actually colluding with each other. They are censoring information. They determine what information needs to be censored. And then all of them collude to censor that information. Now, you never saw them censor the Steele dossier, which was pure Russian disinformation. I mean, even Steele, I think it's Daniel Steele, I can't remember his first name, but Steele even admitted, well, it might have been disinformation. The idiots at the CIA, the ones that will not apologize for this whole mess, said, yeah, that was probably Russian misinformation. You didn't see that one being blocked out. It also shows the media bias. If you are watching CNN or MSNBC, you don't know this existed. You don't know. You probably don't even know about the laptops. But you definitely don't know that that information from his laptop, from Hunter's laptops is validated. You will not know because they are not talking about it. I watch CNN. I watch MSNBC. I, I read the Washington Post. There is no discussion about it. As a matter of fact, they had more essays in the opinion articles in the Washington Post about Donald Trump than they did about this scandal that's actually happening right now. The media is horribly biased. And it also shows the corruption involving the Biden family. There was a ton of information on those laptops. The pornography, the child pornography, the drug use. I want to be careful on the child pornography because I've seen pictures, but I'm not sure if they're real. The dealings with Ukraine, the dealings with China. The dealings with China, they actually mention specific names. They actually mention people who came over from China to see Joe Biden, to meet Joe Biden in the White House. The arranged meetings between Joe Biden and the when he was vice president. Joe Biden affecting policy in Ukraine if they didn't do what he wanted. And worst, there's actually information that Joe Biden was being funneled money from all of these business ventures. But this is the worst of all. And I think we can say this now. And a lot of people on the right are saying this. The election was stolen. The election was manipulated. 12% of people who voted for Biden wouldn't have voted for him if they had known about this. That sounds like the election was manipulated. And it wasn't by the Chinese. It wasn't by the Russians. It was by our, our own media, our own businesses, our own corporations. So is anyone going to apologize this? Of course not. In fact, the media is doing what it does best. Just ignore it. Just ignore it. The White House refuses to deal with this. They are not talking about it, and they are just going out of their way to just, it didn't happen, it's nothing, we don't have anything to do with it. Which, by the way, is exactly what the media does. So here's Jen Psaki being asked by a reporter, and I think he is either from Newsmax or OAN, he's not Fox, about Hunter taking in a $3.5 million payout from a Chinese oligarch who is directly connected to the Chinese government, and why the, why the administration won't talk about possible conflicts of interest 
And this is what she had to say. Go ahead. Thank you. Go ahead. I have a question about Russia now. I think we're moving on because we got to get some more people. Go ahead. My question question about the conflict of interest when it comes to China is last year, the first son's attorney said that he divested from a Chinese investment fund controlled by Chinese state-owned entities. Uh, We have received not even basic transparency about who bought out his stake when this happened and how much money changed hands. Did he actually divest? And if so, can you agree to basic transparency? He's a private citizen. He doesn't work for the government. I'd point you to his representatives. Thank you. I think we're done here. Thank you very much. It's got to be a really hard, it's got to be really hard job to be press secretary for Joe Biden. By the way, she's wrong. It's a great question. There is a conflict of interest. It does involve the father. I mean, if, if Hunter Biden hadn't talked to his father in 10 years, that'd be one thing. If Hunter Biden hadn't been on Air Force Two about 50 times, there would not be a problem. But all this did happen. If policy and exchange of money was not done that benefited Hunter Biden, that would not be a big deal. If it weren't for the fact that there are emails that are saying that Chinese oligarchs are ready to be introduced to Joe Biden, if it was not that those Chinese oligarchs actually ended up at the White House, it would be no big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. And the Biden administration is going to have to deal with it. This is going to be really, really, really interesting in 2023 when Republicans take over the the House and Senate. I, I hope they take over both. They're definitely going to take over the House. I'm hoping they take over the Senate, too. Because this is impeachment stuff. This is high-level corruption. This is the definition of a high crime and misdemeanor. High crime and misdemeanor. So it'll be interesting to see if the Republicans take the Senate and then suddenly we've got we've done some investigations. The House is going to do investigations. The Senate will do investigations. They find out that this guy is corrupt and they decide to impeach him. That's going to be very interesting. It could be a fun year in 2023. I'm just praying we get through 2022 without too much damage. So anyway, uh, next story. So you like not needing to wear a mask anymore in Los Angeles, California? Yeah, we don't have to wear masks anymore, which is kind of awesome. Uh, Not everywhere. You still have to wear them on a bus. But outside of that, I don't really travel by bus. so No one cares. But that that could very well change soon. And guess who tells us it could change soon? David or Tony Fauci. Who else? So here's the story. There's a new variant of Omicron called Omicron 1A. It's already taken about 25% of the, the China virus cases in the world right now. Uh, it doesn't appear to be any more dangerous than Omicron, the original Omicron. In fact, it's probably less dangerous. We don't know. I haven't seen any information on it. Uh, even the CDC, they're talking about it, but they're not really bringing it up. Um, it's currently spreading through China, so it is flying around. China is shutting down again. A lot of people are not are a lot of people on the right when they look at this, they don't actually say that it's it's a, a China problem or a disease problem. It's a policy problem. China has a has implemented permanent emergency measures for the China virus. 
By the way, I thought they only had like 5,000 people that have died from the China virus. I'm not sure why this is a big emergency for them. Nobody died from the China virus. Yeah, in other words, they're full of crap. So, but the problem is with China shutting down, be prepared for more supply chain issues. So Tony Fauci, he disappeared from the scene for about a month. And that's because basically the pandemic's over and everyone is paying attention to the war in Ukraine. I mean, we're kind of like little puppies. Uh, We just flash the shiny bobble and then our attention is taken away for what we've been talking about for the last two years. And we're back to where we were before. But with the new variant, he is making his rounds again. Uh, So he was on, I believe it is this week with uh, George Stephanopoulos. And he had some questions. The one question was, are you going to retire, Dave? Tony Fauci. I don't know why I keep wanting to call him David. And Tony Fauci? Well, he really let us down. I mean, Tony Fauci is like 600 years old. He probably should just retire. But he, nope, he's, again, I can't blame him too much. But here he is answering that question. You know, you said you're going to stay in this job until we get out of the pandemic phase. Of course, you've been serving your country now for decades. Are we approaching the point where we are past the pandemic phase and you'll uh, go get some rest? (laughs) I'm not so sure, George. I want to make sure we're really out of this before I really seriously consider doing anything different. We're still in this. We have a way to go. I think we're clearly going in the right direction. I hope we stay that way. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's not going to retire. I don't blame him. He makes almost a million dollars a year. He's the highest paid government official. He's not going anywhere. But the thought that... that and, and by the way, the pandemic's over. <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about. Pandemic's over. The virus is pretty much doing what it's supposed to be doing. It's not a surprise. It's becoming weaker every time there's a new variant. It becomes weaker. I look forward to a new variant. Now, here's Joe, here's George asking Fauci, Stephanopoulos, asking Fauci if we are out of the woods with the China vi- virus. And can we just get back to normal life and not worry about it? Here's what Fauci had to say. How should we be taking advantage of this moment right now? I was struck by something Anne Ramoyne, a UCLA epidemiologist, told the New York Times this morning, who said we've been wearing rose-colored glasses instead of correcting our vision. vision. Her, her point is that we should be much more proactive. Does she have a point? What more can we be doing to protect against another surge? Well, I think she makes a very, very good point. I mean, we only still have about 65% of our population has been vaccinated and of of the total population. And of those who are eligible for a booster, only about 50% of them have been boosted. There are a lot of things that we can do from a public health standpoint. The other thing we can do, and I hope that we get the funding from the Congress to do this, is to continue to build up our supply of antivirals, of tests, and of the ability to give boost. I mean, we have a number of clinical trials going that are trying to determine what the best combination of boosting is to get both effectiveness and durability. So we just can't stand still, particularly as we had appear to be in somewhat of a lull in the cases where cases continue to come down, deaths continue to come down, and hospitalizations. That's no time at all to declare victory because this virus has fooled us before and we really must be prepared for the possibility that we might get another variant, and we don't want to be caught flat-footed on that. 
Okay, cuss time, cuss time. This guy is so full of shit, I can't even stand it. This guy does not want this to end. Why? Power, control, and money. I hope we get funded more. Oh, yeah, I bet you hope you get funded more. And by the way, that 65% number he uses, oh, 65% of, we only have 65% vaccinated. Okay, first off, newsflash, vaccines don't work. They help. They help. It's not a vaccine, it's a shot. Okay, we know it doesn't work because now they're pushing two boosters. We need to get everyone boosted. Why? You said the vaccines worked. This son of a gun has been lying since this whole thing started. And he's lying now. There is there is no plans for this ever to end. And it can't end. Because here's the here's the reality. The Russian war with Ukraine, it ain't gonna last forever. It's not gonna last forever. It's gonna end. And when it ends, the crisis ends. And the Democrats are going to need another crisis. And so they'll just bring this one out. Preferably after the elections, they'll bring it out. But this is not going to end. And one of the things I find amazing with what he said, and it really made me wonder here what kind of doctor this guy is. And I wish someone would push back a little bit. I mean, push back a little bit. What do you mean you don't you were surprised by what this virus does? What do you mean by that? This virus is pretty much doing what all viruses do. It's not a big surprise this virus creates different versions of the virus. What's a surprise is you guys didn't know that this virus is going to do what it's going to do and that it's probably going to be here for the rest of eternity. Because that's what viruses do. And you didn't know that as the virus mutates, it becomes less virile, less deadly. And I'm also amazed. He talks about hospitalizations. He talks about, we already know most of the deaths and hospitalizations are from people that average between, uh, average four comorbidities. Why isn't he telling people to lose some weight? That's kind of the issue here. High blood pressure, uh, high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, obesity. Sounds to me maybe you should lose some weight. It's incredible. Okay, I'm not going to do the third story because I'm already over. I'll wait for that third story tomorrow. But anyway... Uh, visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Have a great day. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.